Okay, okay. <laughs> Hello, friends. This is It Came From a Basement, a show where we cover the contents of the 96 discs inside a mysterious DVD binder that has been delivered to us via the turning wheel of fate. I'm Dean, he, him. I'm Dan, he, him. I'm Roxy, she, her. Hello, and today we're talking about The Big Empty, a movie from 2003 directed by Steve Anderson. You must take this blue suitcase to Baker, California. There, within 24 hours, a trucker named Cowboy will arrive to take the blue suitcase from you. If you will do this, we will give you $25,000. Wait. All I have to do is deliver this suitcase up to Cowboy. A gun? Fella called Cowboy. He come here looking for you oh, about an hour ago. Wait, Cowboy was here already? Mean looking, dude. Where's this stupid long black duster? Murdered? Why did you have to get mixed up in this? My name is Banks. We're the Federal Bureau of Investigation. 75 people, John. Gone. Vanished without a trace. In the middle of nowhere, everybody has a theory. The lake bed is a jump station for the UFOs. <laughs> and what, people just vanish out there? Every disappearance leaves a clue. Neely was last seen with a blue suitcase and a bowling ball bag. Every stranger... Look! It comes! ...is stranger than anyone he's ever met. Hey, check this out. That's an alien claw hand. Looks kind of like a, a chicken's foot. Tasted like chicken, too. Being here is a mystery. What's with the shovel? Burying bodies out there in the big empty? Getting out is murder. What's going on? There's been a little hitch in the giddy up. What'd you do with his head? Where's the bowling ball back? Cowboy balls? I'm gonna carve you like Thanksgiving dinner! Don't be an idiot! You don't have to go all psycho on me, dude. Something strange is going on out there. People's lives are at stake. The Big Empty. You thinking about moving here, maybe? No, Dan, I'm waiting to deliver a mysterious suitcase to a hooker-killing cowboy who's supposed to give me $27,000. On top of that, I got my neighbor's head in a bowling ball bag under my sink. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, as, that's as much as I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um... Are we rowdy? Are we rowdy about this movie? Eh. We don't sound particularly rowdy. <laughs> Here, uh, this might not be a rowdy conversation, but it was a funny thought I had. Not about the movie, but we usually just make before <laughs> we talk about the movie. So I yeah. was thinking, we, we need a new Game of Thrones, right? Uh-huh, we need a new one. I need a new one. I think, I think thing, like, a, 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 in the zeitgeist, I think things have approached Game of Thrones levels, but I don't think any of them have quite reached the heights and i was thinking what could be the next game of thrones and i saw a news article I, today okay oh, i have ahead. my suggestion but go what's ahead what's your what's your suggestion uh like do you mean like something that you wish like would start up and like happen or like something that's already sort of on the horizon i think either one i think 
either one. I mean, okay. like, I, we could pull anything out of our asses if we're just talking hypothetically. But right, I'm saying like hypothetically, my pick would be the next Game of Thrones would be the Dark Tower. That'd be good if that if, was like a real thing. If they made the TV show for real. Yeah, yeah. Um. I was thinking if it's something that exists already, because Game of Thrones was pretty popular in its first season, I think, but, like, it didn't really hit off until, like, season two, right? Season two, three, four, probably, when it got real big. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I was thinking, what, you know, what's around now? It's in its infancy, and I saw an article that an HBO show just got renewed for season two, and I was thinking, what if the next Game of Thrones Hmm. was Perry Mason? What if Perry Mason (laughs) is the next big thing? Imagine, in your mind's eye, you walk into your work... And mm-hmm. so, one of your coworkers comes up and goes, "Dude, you see the new Perry Mason last night?" <laughs> okay, first of all, I have to imagine that I'm going to a place to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously. Uh, I mean, this is like season four Perry Mason, obviously. Okay, too. okay. This is in the future. Yeah. You see that new Perry Mason? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, you catch PM last night? Yeah, you catch PM last. Night? Was Tatiana Maslany on fire or what? Matthew Rice, though? Matthew Rice, though? Uh, Matthew every Rice week, looking sad? Every week people would discover that he's Welsh and and dating Carrie Russell. Every week? And every that week. would, like, the same water cooler conversation would happen? Yeah, every week someone would come up to you at work, different person, and be like... You know he's Welsh? Yeah, and you, you, know, and you know instantly that he was talking about <laughs> Matthew Rice because Perry Mason was the new Game of Thrones. You know? <laughs> Anyway, that's just the... That's, that's just your fun. thought? Yeah, I just thought that would be funny. I haven't seen Perry Mason. Uh, I watched half of the first episode. <laughs> that's uh, extremely bad. What's the word? I don't know. That sounds extremely good for its uh, future as the mm-hmm. next Game of Thrones. I didn't think it was particularly bad. I just don't think it was... I wasn't um, ready to pay attention to anything when I watched uh-huh. it. So I was just like, ah, and then I, I didn't finish it. Uh, it had, but it seemed it, pretty cool. I have I like two of the main cast members, and that's I like Matthew Rice and Tatiana Maslany. Yeah, I didn't see Tatiana Maslany, so I'm not sure when she shows up. Uh, but then again, she is like a chameleon, so yeah, she does. She can play a wall, and you just believe it. Yeah, so she could have been any person in that. She could be a tree. Oh, that that happened in uh. Uh, inside Lowen Davis. Uh, I didn't know that um, Neelix was in that movie. Who? From Voyager. I didn't. I don't know who oh. that is. He's like in it, and I was like, "Oh shit, who is this guy? I know this guy." And it Ethan took me Phillips? way too long. Yeah. It took who? me way too long to realize Does he he's Neelix. Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> who was yeah. he? In that uh, movie, without he spoiling was, it. He's the, um, the guy that he, uh, stays at with the cat. The guy whose, <clears throat> whose cat it is. Oh, okay. Older dude. Yeah. Okay. Love that I was fucking like, cat. I was like, I know who this dude is. Where do I know him from? And it was Neelix. I was like, oh shit. That movie's, that movie's mm. fucking great. That movie is really good. Remember on our, uh, patreon episode if if anyone uh is curious about what goes on in our patreon when we talked about if adding a certain mr uh gazpacho grievous to films would 
Ooh. Uh, yes. Add them, General make them better. Grievous. Uh, would adding Neelix to random movies make them better as well? <laughs> <laughs> like Neelix, like Neelix the character, not Ethan yeah, like, Phillips the actor? No, not just Ethan Phillips in a role. Ethan Phillips in full makeup playing Neelix. I feel like there could that could improve some... Well... It could. I mean, it, it could improve some films. I'm sure. <laughs> Whoa, this is not what I expected Neelix to look like. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, he's got his shitty, you... like, thinned hair. How did you recognize this fucker in a <laughs> Coen Brothers movie? It was mostly his voice. <laughs> okay. And then I looked at his face and I was like, oh yeah, that's Neelix. <laughs> Would he improve? Would Neelix have improved inside Llewellyn Davis? I, I don't know Neelix, so. Uh, he I likes haven't to, seen Llewellyn Davis. He likes to cook, he likes to give moral support. If That's by it. improve you meant, like, if you think improve the character's life, then yes. I don't know if it necessarily improved the movie. Yeah, think, like, if he was friends with him in the movie, he oh, would probably yeah. be like, this is awesome. Yeah, I don't think This that guy cooks for me and gives me advice. Yeah, he needs some advice. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't know if Gaspacho Grievous would necessarily in, in, uh, improve Lewin Davis, so I think that's a fail on that front. Yeah, I, me too. I think it'd be mm-hmm. a little too jarring. Overall, not a good fit. Like, even I, if Grievous was just, like, on a train or something, on a bus with him. If he's, like, watching him at the club. Is there, like, like a perform? bus driver? Um, yeah, there's there could be. There was a bus scene. I think it'd be, it, it, would, it wouldn't it would decrease the inequality. It'd probably be a lateral move. It'd just be, like, a neat little bump. Like, oh, it's it's Gazpacho. It's Gazpacho. <laughs> there he Ge- is. General Gazpacho Grievous? Yes. Uh, what a get for brothers um i do think that that uh ggg would improve the big empty though yeah i was gonna twist into that um 100 percent. yeah i think his appearance would be good coming off that bus at the end if it was just <laughs> if gazpacho <laughs> grievous was coming off the bus at the end of the movie yeah yeah. What if we just replace John Favreau with General Grievous? Oh, and he's like, like just set uh, him as the main character. My name is John Person. Yeah, he's like, I'm just trying to get this suitcase. I'm a cattle boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it really. I don't think anyone else would react any differently because everyone in that movie is fucking off the wall. Bizarre. <laughs> yeah. No one acts like a human. God, yeah. there's like two or three things that we need to talk about with this film. Yeah, I, I do want to talk about Or should this he movie. be the uh, boyfriend? Oh, uh, Randy? Uh, yeah, the jealous boyfriend. He should be Adam Beach? Where's yeah. Adam Beach then? I know. That's the only Adam problem. Um, Adam Beach should just be the main character. Yeah. Yeah, get rid of John Favreau. John Favreau in this film looks like the most generic white Hollywood actor I've ever seen. Is it, is that anyone else? Yeah, like, I I also think that that like 
helps because his name is John Person. And he's the yeah. blandest looking motherfucker on the planet. It's just this era John Favreau looks like that. Because like today John Favreau looks distinct to me. He's looks got like, character now. Yeah. Back then it's like, dude. He's on, get, a guy. Get an identity, dude. Come on. <laughs> General Grievous, not something you need to say that to. Yeah. That is a man brimming with identity. <laughs> you see him walk up, and you're like, I get his deal. Yeah. I know what's going on with him. <laughs> right, but wouldn't that work against the movie? Because this guy is so distinct that the crux of the problem like makes no sense. What's the crux of the problem? Well, this guy's just sort of a nobody dude. He's getting passed over for his career. Like, he's got nothing really going on for him. Okay. Uh, Grievous, I don't think, would have that issue. If he was looking to make but, a name for himself, he would have that would, in his... Yeah, he would do he, it. He would simply go and do it. Yeah. I think that's the more interesting movie, though. Like, yeah. why is this General Grievous guy... <laughs> Not getting any ignored? roles. Yeah. I know what right. I don't know. Because you know what? We've seen actor tries to get roles in Hollywood and is passed over a billion times. That's like every Hollywood movie ever made, right? And mm-hmm. most of the time, they're like good-looking people. Like, I mean, fucking La La Land. You know, like, it's <laughs> a plot point in that movie. Like, most of the time, they're good-looking people. And I'm over here thinking, they're, she's going to get a fucking role. Come on. She's going to get something. So like the the the, the uh, I'm just not believing it, you know. Uh-huh. I don't I don't think anyone's really in Hollywood not getting roles. You're not on getting in on the ground floor. <laughs> I don't think anyone's in Hollywood no. not getting roles. No, I think it's a made up fabrication for Hollywood to make uh, movies that people sympathize with with them. It's so you think that there is no out-of-work actors in Hollywood? <laughs> no. <laughs> no people all... that are struggling to get by in Hollywood? Let me ask you a question. You'd think at this point, no, considering <laughs> just how much fucking streaming, you know, shit there yeah, is. How right. much shit there actually is. You'd think See, today you would be like, nah, that's a thing of the past. But See, exactly. That's one good point. Another good point is, you ever <laughs> fucking watch, like, I don't know, like a movie that takes place in a big city where are all those fucking people coming from they're all actors <laughs> they're working i don't need this fucking sob story about how you can't find a job and you gotta work at the, the, the warner brothers starbucks i don't give a shit so i'm just wow. saying Really anti-Hollywood heart, uh, anti uh, <laughs> Hollywood over here. I'm just saying, La La Land 2, it's General Grievous, and he doesn't fucking take no for an answer because he knows. He knows that he doesn't need to take no for an answer because they need these people. <laughs> Damn. I'm in. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch that movie. Is it still a musical? 100%. I mean, <laughs> I mean ignore First Man. Damien Chazelle doesn't touch a movie that doesn't have anything to do with music, so. Yeah. He's he's about jazz, and so is General Grievous. <laughs> General Gaspacho <laughs> Jazz Grievous, as they call him. Uh, <laughs> Gaspacho <laughs> Jazz Grievous. It messes with the naming convention. Unless you take the... Uh, 
It's jazz with a G. <laughs> yeah, it's like GIF. It's like how everyone wants to fucking get GIF off the ground. That's what we're doing now. It's jazz with a G. I kind of just like I'm all about jazz being a catchphrase. For general <laughs> oh, news. okay. General Grievous says. Or like it, he like has it printed out on his headshots. I'm all about jazz. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. Imagine doing makeup General for Grievous General Grievous on stage with like a hat and a saxophone. Like he's Duke <laughs> Silver would be uh, my favorite image of all time. <laughs> Imagine General Grievous accepting an award for a movie, or or like the soundtrack of a movie, or if he's, if four he's at once. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, oh my god. He he. General Grievous breaks into the movie industry. He directs, writes. Uh, does the soundtrack for and stars in a feature length film that he wins all four of those awards for. And throughout the ceremony, he refuses to get up and to collect the awards until the last one. So he can get up and hold them all at once. It's not like bad. he's like giving me at the same time because I have four arms and I need everyone to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? That was the closest I could find on Google. For general grievous jazz. I mean, the fact that you found that <laughs> in and of itself is kind of incredible. Uh, what in the fuck? <laughs> I guess I'll post this to the to the um, the Twitter account. The Twitter, f- like four weeks before this episode goes up. Who gives? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? It's a it's a fun little preview. Yeah, be like, oh, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about the big empty, and that's the picture. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, I didn't put a... Uh, I'll comment when we're, we're talking about The Big Empty. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, the Big Empty. Uh, John Person is an actor with little work uh, Wait, and no we... money. Oh, what? I'm just setting up the movie. Okay, okay. Uh, who suddenly finds himself with an opportunity to make some quick cash by delivering a suitcase to the middle of nowhere. It was directed by Steve Anderson, uh, and it was also written by Steve Anderson. He directed Fuck, the documentary, uh, (laughs) This Last Lonely Place, and White Orchid. He also wrote The Promised Land and The River Murders. Hmm. Uh, Starring John Favreau as John Person. You might know John Favreau from Batman Forever, where he plays an assistant. Uh, the Sopranos, where he stars as himself, John Favreau. Uh, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. John Carter, Star Wars The Clone Wars as Pre Vizsla. Uh, and he's in something called Spider Man Homecoming NBA Finals. Watch the game. <laughs> Love him in that. That's a great one that he's in. <laughs> Uh, Joey Lauren Adams plays Grace. She's in The Pros and Cons of Breathing, Dr. Doolittle 2, uh, All the J in the Silent Bob movies, uh, Here Comes Rusty, Mr. Pickles, and Stripperella. She's, uh, chasing Amy, right? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, right? She's chasing Amy. I've never seen Chasing Amy. Uh, good. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> is that the one where he tries to turn all right. into a lesbian? 
into the yeah, person. Yeah. It's because. a it's a movie that's fine uh but is also like completely unaware of the term bisexual. Right. Like it just doesn't it, there's no room right. for it, that. It's it's a movie that's like good if reality didn't really exist as much. Right. Exactly. Like like if the real planet was quite different. Okay. But it seems to like be ignoring them. <laughs> if the planet and all of history was different, yeah. it would be a good movie. Yeah. Um yeah, I, like that. I agree with that review uh <laughs> entirely. Uh Bud Court plays Neely. Could have been <sighs> Neelix. I was so hoping you were gonna say Neelix. Nah, Neely. And somehow I would have missed an Elix in this movie. <laughs> uh, he's in a movie called Gas, or it became necessarily to destroy the world in order to save it. That's a great title. Wow. That is a good title. Gas, or it became mm-hmm. necessary to destroy the world in order to save it. Wow. Uh, son of Hitler, as Will Hitler... The Secret Diary of Sigmund <laughs> Freud. Carol Leifer, Gaudy Body in Blue. I Woke Up Early the Day I Died. Whoa. Uh, South of Heaven, West of Hell. Got another one of those. Uh, John Grease? Grise? I actually never don't know how to say his name. Grease? Beats me. Uh, he plays Elrond, uh, pucker up and bark like a dog, men in black, he's Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite, uh, Bicentennial Curious, uh, <laughs> Bicentennial Curious, uh, Lost, he's Roger Linus, uh, and Noobs with a Z. Whoa. Edgy. Daryl Hannah plays Stella. Uh, Clarence Clemens and Jackson Brown, you're a friend of mine. The last days of Frankie the Fly, Kill Bill, The Sound of a Wild Snail Eating, and Sense Eight, among other things. Um, yeah, a lot like, of good uh, movie titles. Blade Blade Runner, I believe. Yeah, she runs some blades because you know. Yeah, it's not it's not the bit. Uh, Adam Beach. Uh, as Randy, uh, Adam Beach from A Thief of Time. Yeah, returning Binder alum. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is the movie he did right after A Thief of Time. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. See, the, the... He looks really young in this movie, uh, where he looked slightly older in the other movie, in Thief of Time. Yeah. Good which is weird. The, the Binder gives us those little things sometimes because of the fact that everything in this Binder came out between the years, like, 2001 and 2004. <laughs> mm-hmm. A lot of them are, like, if there's a returning actor, it's they did it right back to back. Yeah. It's a, a good little nugget for us and yeah. no one else. Yep. Uh, Gary Farmer as Indian Bob, also returning from A Thief of Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a good... Um, we got some Thief of Time alums... In this think they, like, movie. <laughs> you think they got the set on... Well, they weren't in the same scene together ever, but, like, do you think that if they were, like, hanging out, like, on set, maybe, like, they both had a day off, they're like, oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw you last week! I don't know if that's how it went down. Mm-hmm. Well, you know. Oh, shit! 
I like it, though. Um, One would hope. Yeah. Rachel Lee Cook is Ruthie. Uh, the Bumblebee Flies Away, Sixpence None the Richer, Kiss Me, the She's All That... It's a music video, I'm assuming. Uh, Batman Beyond, Poets and Porn Stars, colon, Monkey. Uh, <laughs> Josie huh. and the Pussycats, uh, the, one of the greatest movies of all time. She's uh, the titular Josie, I believe. She is Josie in Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, Tifa in Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, Kingdom Hearts Two and other Final Fantasy stuff, but not Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yes, uh, I love how we have they a They recasted it. We have a lot of Binder actors who were in the older Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts games as Final Fantasy characters who they recast for the new They are one. now recast, yeah. I think that's very funny. Uh, Brent Briscoe, great name, plays a character named Dan. Uh, oh, favorite character in the, the best. The best guy who wears a the- shirt... That says, my name is Dan, and his hat says, hi, I'm Dan. Is that real? Yeah. Yeah. Is he the guy who uh, is talking about aliens? Yeah, he's the guy in the diner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Some folks call it a sling blade. He's in Mulholland Drive. He's the garbage man in Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yes, he is. He's the guy who wants the reward. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Mr. Woodcock... Parks and Recreation. He's JJ of JJ's Diner. Mm. Uh, Twin Peaks: The Return. Detective Dave Mackley. I do remember him from that. Uh, wow, there's a lot of people in this movie, huh? Um, yeah. Melora Walters plays Candy. I do not remember who Candy is. I think she's the stripper in that uh... one scene. Who comes to his room and tells oh, him yeah, yeah, yeah. cowboys killing okay. people. Uh, Dead Poet Society, How to Murder a Millionaire, America's Deadliest Home Video, Hard Eight, Boogie Nights, Magnolia, The Master, Venom, and The Butterfly Effect. Uh, Venom, the movie that we've discussed on this podcast. If it was that, I would have just put Venom, I think. So I'm assuming I put that because it's the other Venom. Okay. Kelsey Grammer plays Agent Banks. Jesus Christ. Mm-mm. You know, Kelsey Grammer from Star Trek The Next Generation. He's <laughs> Captain Morgan Bateson in the episode Cause and Effect. Uh, Bartok the Magnificent, New Jersey Turnpikes, Legends of Oz, Dorothy's Return, Transformers, Age of Extinction, and Think Like a Man 2 and Killing Jesus. In our final role, Sean Bond, the Seen Bean, <laughs> the Cowboy. Uh, Excuse me. I believe it's just Cowboy. Cowboy. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Sean Bond, A Women's Guide to Adultery, The Elder Scrolls Four: Oblivion, Jupiter Ascending, The Snowpiercer TV series, Silent Hill, Silent Hill Revelations. And this movie came out in between Two Towers and Return of the King. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Very good. Um, I was uh, shocked to my core when he showed up in this movie. I put the list together, so I was not. But Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, damn, I'm sorry for you because I did not know who was in this film. 
so that every time someone that I recognized showed up, I was like, oh, shit. And then, Kelsey, yeah. Kelsey Grammer and Sean Bean were, were like, pretty good. Yeah. For me, <laughs> it was actors. like, it was like Rachel Lee Cook. I didn't know who was in it. I was like, oh, cool. And then Sean Bean, like, blew my mind. I was not yeah, prepared. He, him showing up is pretty, I mean, even Daryl Hannah showing up, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then, like, yeah, people keep showing up. And then, There's uh, people in this movie. Yeah, and then uh, Sean Bean walks out, and it's uh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> else to say. It's crazy. <laughs> hold up. Hold up. His neck gets all skinny. I am reading something that you included. <laughs> yes, I'm... <laughs> It's at the end of the synopsis, but we can talk about it now if you feel uh, like this it. Is, this is... It's from IMDb. I did not... I found it on IMDb. I want to Did you do that. any further research into I this? I don't believe I did. Because I do not believe this one at all. I don't either, but I kind of just want to accept it as fact because... Read it out loud. Read it out loud. Guardians of the Galaxy 2014. When Star-Lord says the sphere has a shiny blue suitcase feel to it, it's a reference to the mysterious blue suitcase that the main character, John Person, is tasked with protecting in this movie. Uh, Oh. I don't believe that at all. (laughs) I don't either, but... I mean, I, maybe there are very obvious examples. Are there other any other shiny blue suitcase uh, like m- things in movies that you can think of? Specifically, shiny blue suitcase because that's like ha- wait, it can't even be the suitcase because uh, this movie was made in two thousand three, and why would Star Lord have a reference point? That is on true. Earth? That is true. I <laughs> that yeah, is that is true. very true. What? Yeah, what? I, I, what? I wonder what movie it is then. Hmm. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> That's insane. That's crazy. Why? Why? Why, why would they say that? <laughs> anyway. Hmm. Uh. Oh, is it "Kiss Me Deadly"? Is this what the reference is? This is what the Marvel Film Guide says it's a reference to, I think. Wait, when was he abducted? 88 or something? 80, oh, 88, okay, yeah. Late 80s? I don't yeah, know. there's no way that this is the movie that that is referencing. It doesn't make any sense. But It would make more sense for The Big Empty, a movie about kind of, well, ostensibly about movies to actually reference something else as opposed to... Mm-hmm be the proprietor of any famous iconic film thing worth uh turning into a reference in another movie mm-hmm. i don't see anything in the yeah it says it's a, it says the marvel film guide whatever the fuck this is says it's a reference to kiss me deadly hmm. that makes more sense to me it does i can't see anything about a shiny blue suitcase on that website but uh, oh there it is yeah Someone yep. wrote that. Yeah, someone wrote someone, that. Someone someone said, "Oh, that's a reference <laughs> to this movie." So it's it's a good thing to include if if only because it's really funny. Yeah. 
Someone All saw right. How- Big Empty and then <laughs> saw Guardians of the Galaxy and said, holy shit. <laughs> How do we begin to talk about this movie? Uh, Actually, I know how to begin. I'm going to go get more uh, wine. Jesus Christ. I'll be back. You don't want to talk about John Favreau's masturbation habits? <laughs> Referenced extensively. For the, the whole movie? Yeah. They bring off his sperm until the very last scene. Yeah, don't you know it's the funniest joke of all time? Don't you just yeah. know if someone mentions the fact that someone else is masturbating that that's funny? It's it's really it's a gut punch. You better have been laughing that whole time, Roxy. Cause... I was. Okay, good. Because it was funny. Because why else would they repeat it so many times? Yeah. This movie's um... uh, really weird. <laughs> Didn't buy with this one, huh? No. Uh, no. I. I we... Not really. <laughs> there he is. Oh shit! It's the box wine boys. They're after me. <laughs> Stole their boxed wine. I wish I had box wine. Yeah, I, had, I haven't had alcohol in a while. It's twelve dollars. <laughs> Thirty-four like... glasses. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about? Uh, we were talking about John Favreau's masturbation habits for a second. Oh, he uses um, lube because it's referenced extensively in this film. Yeah, it's like the incident with the um, Vaseline. Yeah, and that's all I, that they really say about it. Yeah, they're it's like, like the. Uh, they just said like, uh, "Do you want us to talk about that?" And he goes, "No, I don't want you to." Like it's a, I don't know. Yeah, it's the fucking sword of Damocles hanging over this character's <laughs> head throughout the entire goddamn thing. Oh no, they might mention how I'm going to masturbate. I mean, that's the only reason this movie happens, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's like, hey, I'll talk about how you jerk off, and it's like, okay, no, why is that like the main motivating factor? In the, I don't know. I, not all of like the identity theft or anything. It's it's the masturbation. Yeah, the, it's it, it's also just really strange because that scene when it opens, when fucking Neely or whatever is like convincing him to do this, it makes it feel like it's going to be a dangerous thing, but it's not really. It's only it's only like. Yeah, like if he had just gone and done the thing, it probably wouldn't have been that dangerous. It was only dangerous when he was when he was fucking the underage girl, because the boyfriend came after him. Yeah, that's the thing that's uh, holding this movie back from being uh, good. I think. Yeah, oh, that's one of them. The thing. I I kind of liked. The, I was vibing with this movie a lot more than any other movie recently. Um. It held my attention. I was curious to see what was happening next, which is something that I never am in the binder. Um, but then it was just really weird, like the rest of yeah. the time. I don't know. I really like this movie other than, like, some of the gross stuff that it does. Yeah. Oh, Brian Tyler did the mm. music for this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's it. Would would be working with, no, yes, what, Favreau again? Uh, yeah, yes. I don't think so. No, no, 
No, no, no. no. He worked with he worked on Iron Man three. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My bad, my bad. Good score. That score fucks. But Iron Man three score? Iron Man score three fucks. Iron Man score three does fuck. <laughs> Iron score man three. Iron, Iron score man three. Uh, anyway, uh, this movie starts. He's an actor. He has a bunch of headshots, and then a dude comes and says, "I know how you masturbate. Go deliver this." Pre- he he does have quite handsome headshots. Uh, and then he spends a lot of time in the mirror trying to replicate them to himself. Yeah. That's interesting. He's an actor. Yeah, he's got to like nail his looks and his like neighbor, um, Grace. Grace, thank you. I was just gonna call her he's chasing Amy. Yeah, she's like a cute neighbor, and there's like a will they, won't they? I don't know. It's like Friends. Yeah. Which he uh, was on. She was on Friends. He was on Friends, right? Oh, he was on. What was he? I don't know anything about anything. I think he's on Friends. <laughs> yeah, he wants to. He wouldn't wants surprise to, me. He wants to kiss her or something, but she, and she's real nice. She cares about him. She's like, "Oh, your headshots are great. I like that one. I like the ones that look that feel like you." And he's like, oh, yeah. blah, 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 they're not working for me. He's waiting for an, a callback, but he never gets it. He checks his fucking messages throughout the whole movie. He gets pissed off every time there's no messages. Um, and, and then the weird neighbor is like, hey, I want you to deliver this He briefcase. has like a folio on him. He's like, we know everything about you. Go, yeah. We'll give you $25,000. And we'll pay your back rent. And give you a thousand dollars for this journey if you go. And he's like, make it twenty eight thousand. They're like, cool. So, he said like that could come at great personal cost to me. And Favreau's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's my deal. So whatever. And then apparently, it worked. So. It does. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, he does come at great personal cost because his yeah. gets put in the bowling ball bag. Right. Supposedly, they take his. They take his sperms. Yeah, they have his sperm samples. Uh, that's really reasons. weird. You never really tell you why. It probably has to do with aliens. That's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Isn't that what he yells at the end? Because they took his sperm? Well, it's the only thing that can make sense. Aliens. She says it's the Frasier, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He says it's a Frasier. I kept expecting Kelsey Grammer to end every line with, I'm Frasier, by the way. I think he wanted to. Oh, for, for, yeah, he still I think that's to. why you were. I think that's why you were feeling that, was because I think that was the vibe he was given. Yeah. Or like just like really angry, like I'm Frasier. Yeah. At the end of every sentence. Like, why am I here? I'm Frasier. Yeah. Like, come on. I'm Frasier. Even fucking Gestapo Grievous couldn't or maybe not <laughs> Gestapo. Gestapo Grievous. <laughs> Sorry, uh yeah. the news is that was a Freudian slip, the news is on Yeah, my yeah, yeah. Uh, Gaspacho Grievous couldn't carry the amount of fucking Emmys that Kelsey Grammer hauled in during that show. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> looking back real looking back on like past award winners is always just so interesting because kelsey Grammer won a lot of awards for fraser yeah. i've never go, seen a single episode of fraser i've seen a few and i think i've playing, ax- yeah i feel like accidentally sick- caught some yeah he's like he's playing a sitcom dude what the fuck <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go off on a when was Frasier airing? Because I'm gonna say that it was probably airing around the same time. Wait, when did no never mind. When did Twin Peaks come out? Um, nineteen ninety. Yeah, I think it was yeah. after. Okay. I think it was after Frasier was after his Frasier. Uh, there's I'm sure there's some quality television shows that aired between ninety three and two thousand four. 
that could have won. Other than Frazier? Oh, Other yeah, there definitely. It started in 93 Yeah, and ran until four, 2004. I guess it would have so, won yes. the, the comedy the category, not the drama He category. was on Frasier while he was making this show, or this movie. <laughs> he, he just was, started. Yeah, I don't he know, was. It had been a while. Yeah, he was almost done, but he was he still was on it. Yeah. Is he ever really, truly done? I, guess I don't not. think once you once you're Frazier. I, I guess I don't not. Think... We're calling him Frazier. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess he isn't. <laughs> That's why he became uh, an asshole, because people kept calling him Frazier, and he's like, oh, "I'm mad about that." That's <laughs> what <laughs> he mean. I, I doubt uh, that's the reason. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I think he's like a conservative asshole. Yeah. Oh well, he is. Such is life. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau takes the briefcase and goes and and misses Mrs. Cow. He, he has to deliver it to Cowboy. That's what the dude tells him. Deliver yeah. this briefcase. He's got to go to Baker, Baker, California. It's yeah. a little podunk strip of road. It's filmed on location. Yeah, it's a real town. It's a real town. Biggest thermometer in the world, apparently. Mm-hmm. Which you see for a brief second, I think. Um, yeah, he goes there, and, and the like, uh, the the motel is real too. Yes. Uh, he goes there, and Elrond, the the fucking motel owner, is like, "Sorry, you just missed Cowboy." And John Favreau's like, "Well, fuck, okay." And he's like, "You can stay the night. I'll fucking make you breakfast every morning and bring it to your room. <laughs> bring it right into your room." Every <laughs> time that dude came into the room to give John Favreau food, John Favreau looked exactly how I felt watching that movie. <laughs> Asleep? No, just uh, well, kind of, but just upset. <laughs> What annoyed, frustrated? I I want to know what you didn't like about it, or I don't know. I I want to know why uh, you you have such strong negative feelings towards this movie. Well, I mean, beyond like all the normal regular movie stuff it fails on, like uh, having an active protagonist that you care about. That oh yeah, know, uh, just any I don't know. I mean, I I just have issue. It just felt um, you know, childish from like all the other movies we've been watching in here. I think like whenever like a I think she was a prostitute, right? Is in the room talking about a dude's penis, and she describes it as she. He whipped out his, uh, you know, thing. Uh, yeah. All right, like what? How old are we? How like I don't know. <laughs> like you're really telling me an adult woman who gets like fucked for a living is embarrassed to say the word dick or penis or something? Right. All right. right. It's just I don't know. And, and then just. The fact that the tone is what every scene transition we've got to have a stupid like hoedown, but it's about aliens. I don't like I don't... <laughs> what every transition like there's a bluegrass guitar like coming on. That's I don't know what is the tone. I don't know if the movie's supposed to be a comedy or serious. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I sort just... of took it as a comedy, but it wasn't particularly funny. Is the end of this movie, like, does it have any... Con- I don't know. I couldn't... By the end of the movie, it's definitely, I would say, not a comedy. I But every every time they needed to do a transition, it seemed like, you know, or the scene ended, we have to have, like, the same music play. I don't know. It's just not... I just didn't think it was a really well-put-together thing, and it... I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's all valid. It's all valid. Yeah. I agree for the most part. 
I just uh, didn't think I just didn't like I didn't know who John Favreau's character was, and then I didn't give a shit if he delivered a thing that he didn't care about at all. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just didn't find that involving. Yeah, I I mean I agree with you. And I just have like a thing where you know, and the, this isn't the first Binder movie to do it, but just like the idea that hey, you can just keep asking a question about maybe a plot point, and then that it that counts as a story. You know, it's just like not doesn't fly with me i guess i don't know like hey this thing is happening but actually this movie's about this other thing but it's only about it because we keep just bringing it up every 20 minutes or so it has no actual bearing on kind of what's happening really between these characters it's always Uh, like we're gonna get to it and then yeah they eventually get to it but it's not what's actually going on yeah yeah so i i just kind of there's I get bored with those. I don't understand that <laughs> impulse to just be like, hey, this might be a movie about, like, aliens or something, but uh, not until the last three seconds, and then none of that <laughs> actually has much of a bearing on what anyone is doing throughout the rest of it. Like, no choices were informed by that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because most no of choices it is anyone, just, like... And, like, no choices anyone makes really leads them to that. Like, they're just going about their days, and then a... Uh, Oh, then the end happens. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just odd. I don't know. Like, the the movie would have happened regardless of any decision being made. Yeah. And just, like, does John Favreau make a decision that leads to anything? Any plot development? Uh, uh... Yeah, he goes... The one thing that he does... Is he goes drinking with uh, Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah. And, like, takes yeah. her to the mountain and, like, they drink Jack Daniels for, like, four hours. And that's, like, the only actual and that's when choice the movie that he makes. Probably the best. Yeah. And then she's, like, like, 16 years old or something like that. Yeah. You also have to remember, I watched this movie while exhausted and, like, on Twitter, so... Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, I gave yeah. this movie my whole attention, which was odd. Yeah, I... Somewhere I try, but I just never, you know... After a bit, it's like, oh, what's going on? And then you look at it, and you're like, oh, I wish this wasn't happening. <laughs> and then, oh, what's this? I get to watch this John Favreau movie? Great, thank you. This is my escape. Uh, yeah. I, I, I get it. Uh, uh, what am I trying to even say? What's next? What happens after this? What are we, where are we? Um, he keeps, he he keeps missing the cowboy. Yeah. Every time he's in. Cowboy. 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 (laughs) Every time cowboy (laughs) is in the motel, John Favreau is not. Yeah. And they keep missing each other. So, the first time, it's because... Well, the first time, it's when he gets there, and then he stays the night. He meets all the fucking regulars. Randy tries to kill him uh, in the bar, and then... Is it the first night or the second night? I think it's the, the second night is when he goes out with... Um, yeah, because the first day, he meets he meets Rachel A. Cook, and she's like, can you buy me alcohol? He's like, No, yeah. no, the first, the first time they meet, she's dropping his wallet off. Yes, the, at the hotel. You're right. At the, yeah. After the bar, 
and then yeah. it's very brief and then he meets her in the parking lot of like a gas station she's like can you buy me alcohol they didn't wouldn't give it to me and he's like are you underage and she's like do you really care and he's like no i don't i'm gonna buy you alcohol. <laughs> so he buys her like a six pack of fucking beer and uh, Jack Daniels and whipped cream and then they go out into the middle of the desert and just fucking chug a whole bottle of fucking Jack Daniels with whipped cream. You would you would assume I don't know what I mean this is dumb but you would assume that someone who's underage to get alcohol would be like 19 or 20 so it would be not super weird that this guy would be... I mean, it's still dumb and awful, but... It's like, a little better. It's a little bit better. Uh, but that still doesn't seem to be the case here. <laughs> like, she's, like, she? under eight. The way the way that they mention her, like, going off to, like, see the world or something, like, she was a few months, like, from becoming 18. Right. So it's still like, he's like, I, I like it's, it's, they play it. Like he doesn't know how old she is, but thinks she's over 18 until the end. There's like a joke where he's just like, wait, how, wait, what? Like <laughs> he still doesn't know that she was super young. Yeah. Uh, and that was just really weird. I don't know why they did that. I don't know why she had That's to interesting, be... interesting, isn't it? I don't know why she had to be under underage, actually. Because any person could be stuck in a deadbeat town with a bad boyfriend. Doesn't have to be... Also... Doesn't have to be an underage girl. Because she, she could be, have been a whole adult. She could be 24, and they would ask for her ID anyway, and... If she didn't have an ID, they wouldn't give her alcohol. And she could just say, hey, I don't have my ID on me. Like, it would seem yeah. it would have gone the same way. Yeah, nothing could have... I don't... The, the reason, but then you I don't, don't know that she's like a free spirit, you know? That she's like not tethered by the normal societal rules, you mm, know? Yeah. How would you like get insight about her character that way, you see? It's uh you're right, you know. <clears throat> I shouldn't question it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I Yeah, I'm, I don't know. Why do they always why I don't know. Why? Yeah, why? Well, I guess how can you show that John Favreau is, like, a good guy if he doesn't, you know, he? I mean, he doesn't fuck her when he could, so. But then he does. Right? When? What? Buy her alcohol? No, he does fuck her. Oh, yeah, they do fuck, I think. They do. Not when she's so. drunk, though. Right? Oh, right, right, right. No, no, no. Yeah, no, he just takes drunk. her home because he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he goes back to his hotel room and he's informed that Cowboy was there again. Mm-hmm. And he missed him. I think this is also the same night, if I'm not mistaken, he calls, he gets a call from Grace and she's like, Neely's dead and his head is missing. Um, because, yeah, that's true. Because that night when he goes back to the hotel after uh, drunk Rachel A. Cook, uh, he, uh, he's, be- he's given a bowling bag. Mm-hmm. And then when he's on the phone with Grace, she's like, "Yeah, Neely's head is missing," and he's like, "Oh, it's in the bowling bag." Like in it to like, that's what he seems to think. Although yeah, I don't I think that's... it's ever revealed. I thought that scene was actually pretty cool. Like that was one of the good scenes. Yeah. It was, it was, what uh? Was... When who gave him the bag though? 
It was just in his uh, room, I think. I think, uh, mm. I, if I remember correctly, I think it, Cowboy left it for Elrond to give to him. Okay. I think Elrond gave it to him and said, "Hey, Cowboy, you missed Cowboy again. He wanted, he wants you to watch over this now too." I think. I think that's what happened. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, Elrond was already already always doing stuff. <clears throat> Elrond. <clears throat> what the f- like? <laughs> <laughs> The implication that somebody read Lord of the Rings in, like, the fucking 70s and uh, named their goddamn child Elrond? Uh, it's, uh, Elrond. Elron. Yeah, it's a more of a Hubbard joke. It's a, yeah, it's a Scientology uh, okay, reference, okay. if anything. That's worse? <laughs> uh, I didn't know that that was the, the hotel dude for a while. So when, uh, like, if, uh, what's his name? Dan at the diner is like mm-hmm. talking about Elrond or whatever and I'm like what is I going also, the fuck on I also thought he was talking about like Elrond yeah but no it's just his buddy uh, Elrond that's really funny <laughs> yeah I was also confused for a little bit about that yeah I'm like oh wow this movie's gonna be interesting uh uh the bowling so the bowling ball happens he's not allowed to open the bag so he doesn't know if the head is in there uh he, like is laying on his bed and he kicks it a few times with his foot <laughs> yeah yeah uh, again see this movie's like weird because the the he's in the phone booth talking to grace about it right and like the sort of reveal or potential you know reveal is like pretty well done and then mm-hmm. it cuts immediately to him just sort of like casually laying on the bed with a head in a bag next to him as he's like playing with it and i'm like what i don't know it's just weird (laughs) right it's a weird movie like it it, like hard cuts from something that's like oh this is tense and then it's like oh is this supposed to be a joke like i couldn't tell if it was supposed to be a joke or not because it's like uh it's supposed to really end up being a relaxed kind of movie like it's not a thriller but and it's not a right but then it like engages in these like really thriller like moments yeah and then just kind of like no but tonally that's not what it is yes it 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 does want to be like several other better movies who doesn't well yeah yeah it just doesn't uh get anywhere close Um, uh this is when the stripper comes in right yeah, well, no, uh, Randy uh, takes the bag, the suitcase. I thought the stripper was before that. Am I wrong? Uh, you could be right. <laughs> I mean, the stripper scene's nothing. She just comes in. She and... says, like, Cowboy is a serial killer, I heard. I heard he killed two strippers in Las Vegas. Also, he has an enormous dick. Yeah. <laughs> a big thing, you know. Sean Bean is hung as fuck. Sean Bean, more like Sean Bone, because he's got a big bone. Sean can find the bean. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, nice. Nice, thank you. Nice, nice, nice. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, Randy, so Randy stole the suitcase. Randy, if we haven't mentioned Randy too much, but Randy is um, an unstable teen. A teen, uh huh. <laughs> He's, uh, I guess, a teen because Adam his Beach girlfriend looks young. is. 
His he girlfriend looks, is... Uh, he's got a boyish charm to him. Yeah. He looks like a young adult, I think. A young adult. Yeah. But it's implied that since he's with her, he's with Rachel Lee Cook, that he's also in a similar age bracket, I would assume. Um, and she's you're like making, a teen. You're making a generous assumption for this fucking <laughs> ransacked town. That is true. He could be like 40, and it would still probably not phase any of these fucking people. But he's like an abusive boyfriend to her. He has her like chained up in his junkyard. Uh, and he's trying to open up the briefcase. Right. Uh, he comes... Yeah. <laughs> uh, John, uh, John comes over with a gun, and he's like... Randy has a chainsaw, and like yeah. <laughs> is like trying to break the suitcase open, and then he is pointing at him, and Randy doesn't give a shit, and then John looks over, and she, she's in a fucking truck, like, chained up, um, and he points, he the, points gun the gun at her, <laughs> and he's like, oh, shit, don't do that, yo, come on, what are you doing, we're just fucking around here. That kind of that kind of uh, vibe. So he, like, beats up Randy, tells him to, like, get the fuck out, and then uh, he takes her and puts her in the truck, and this is something I enjoyed. The second that she gets in the truck and is safe, and they close the door, and she takes her fucking gag off, she's like, "You tried to shoot me! Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you were going to shoot me!" He's like, "It's not loaded." He's like, "He's like, shut up." <laughs> yeah, uh, I like that. So he gets the thing back, and she's like, "Oh, he like protected me. He's like a noble person." Is that when they have sex? Uh, later they do like later that okay. day. Uh, she's like the daughter of Daryl Hannah's character. Did we mention all this? No. Okay. Daryl Hannah is the the bartender in town, and like for the first few seconds, you think that the, those two are gonna be like the item, but it's actually her daughter that he's with the whole movie. Uh, yeah, adopted daughter. She like. Yeah, she wandered out wandered of the, in the desert. Desert or something? Yeah. Like a... She was like three years old and waded through the the, the vast expanse. Oh, uh, she was probably dropped off by the ETs. Yeah. It's spooky, you see? She's just on retainer to Earth. Whatever. She'll be... I don't know. Um, What happens? Uh, Kelsey Grammer shows up. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer shows up. Did we well, go over this? On the phone call, uh, Grace mentions an FBI agent, Agent Banks, I think his name is. Yeah. And that he's investigating. Agent and he wants to... Cody Banks. Yes. he's the. This is a sequel to Agent Cody Banks and Agent Cody Banks 2. Mm-hmm. Um, no, sh- Agent Cody then... Banks 3. There is a 3? There is a 2. That's what I'm saying. It's a sequel to oh, the oh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, glad we got the Cajun Coda Banks cannon on lockdown. Here. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. That's a good, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I was correct. <laughs> good to know. Um, so he just fucking shows up out of nowhere, and it's like, you know, it's like that scene. It's like those scenes in Frasier when he kind of walks into the apartment. It's like one of those scenes. You know, it's it a scene where literally is. <laughs> it is. He enters, and you expect there to be a clap track. And- yeah. He walks over and he like I mean goes, I don't know Niles yeah does he yell at Niles <laughs> he yells at Niles he, you know he tells his dad to get off his couch is what he does he's straight up doing who's the guy who played the librarian in Seinfeld that great episode I I don't know oh uh, mm. well Kelsey Grammer is doing a great impression of that guy this whole scene you know the bookstore guy because Jerry's late oh yeah 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 I 
I know the moment, can't remember the name. It's just like the perfect gumshoe sort of, you know, hard-boiled Yeah, thing. he's playing Kelsey Grammer's the definitely FBI guy. Trying to do that. He's putting the, the, the pumps on uh, <laughs> John Favreau. Yeah. John Favreau is... doesn't even ask for a lawyer. They're in a bar having like a full interrogation. He's like talking about gin and tonics. Yeah. Yeah. One of the, this does lead to a great moment, though. Like, at the end, when he's leaving, and he starts fucking screaming at him. Yeah. And he's like, that's from my script. (laughs) Because he wants to be a, he wants to be a writer. Yeah, he, like, grills him. He talks about his uh, masturbating again. Yeah, he has the masturbation data, too. He got it from Neely that that was killed, I think. Right? I think Mm -hmm. that's implied. And they think that he... John did the kill, but right. they also don't really think that because they searched his apartment and the the thing wasn't the briefcase wasn't there because uh, Randy took it or whatever. I don't know. Tell me if this is too stupid and maybe nothing's too, gross. too stupid. I just came up with a game for this movie. Oh, so you know how like drinking games are fun, right? Yeah, right. I've been playing, uh, so I've been kind of playing a little bit of uh, the evil. Within, I think. Evil oh, Within okay. Yami bought it, and I'm like, whatever. She's she cannot play it because she realized she's scared of scary stuff. So, whatever. I've been playing a little bit, and uh, any you know, it's a survival horror game. So anytime you collect herbs, I've been playing a smoking game where, when the <laughs> character in the game collects herb, I decide to collect some herb. Uh, <laughs> and I've just realized that you no. can play a very different kind no. of game. I hate with this. Uh, you can play a, a very different kind of game with the big empty. Anytime someone is mention, mentioning John Favreau masturbating, you gotta jerk it out. It's a masturbation you gotta, game. Yep. You gotta get it done before the next time they say it. Yep. Do you, okay, hold on. Do you pause or no? No. No, absolutely not. No, you gotta oh, get you gotta fuck. get it done and be ready for the next time they mention it. <laughs> gotta fucking. Oh my god. That's mm-hmm. at least three times in the movie. At least, I'd say at least four. Four, you want to say at least four? I swear, there's at least well, at, at least three. Yeah, at but minimum, I, I think I s- there's three. Regardless they might do of, it more. Regardless of your uh, of your mm-hmm. your uh, configuration, that mm-hmm. would hurt by time <laughs> four. I think because it's only the movie's only like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, you don't get any time to kind of kind of wind down. You gotta go. You I didn't gotta... say it was a game for the weak will. Oh my god. <laughs> it is challenging. Yeah, any any listeners out there, if you want to try out the big empty jerkin game. The big uh, empty uh, You'll hmm. be big empty by the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um I would say please email us, uh, but don't. Well no, no do. Oh, well, do. like just, yes. just like I just don't. I'll check the email. Email, no pictures. No, uh, no, no, no. Just like no uh, picture. Just, yeah, do just not a, be an asshole. Yeah, just you know, I don't know what pictures would prove anyway. Just describe, <laughs> describe how you felt afterward is what I want to know. Yeah, like a thumbs up, a a a a big skull emoji, skull and crossbones emoji. <laughs> well, one of those two things. <laughs> yeah. Eggplant, eggplant, thumbs down, skull emoji. <laughs> oh, God. 
We're going to get in so much trouble. Oh, their fucking podcast police are going to come after us. The podcast police. Oh, shit, it's the Box Wine Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Talked about having self-pleasure on a podcast before. No one's... uh, Well... I ha- I can't confirm nor deny, but no one's ever said to email us the results. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> Dean, again, I think you're being very generous as that to is, how many podcasts are out there. That is true. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, just to get those box wine boys off our back, though, we can yeah. say that, it, that was all a joke. That was a bit TMTM. Uh-huh. Really, that was know. a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's all part of the bit. Uh, what happens now? The the cowboy shows up, right? I'm sorry. Cowboy shows up. Well, no. Uh, Randy comes back with a shotgun or a rifle and, uh, attempts to kill, um... John. Attempts to kill John. He's, like, making him dig a hole or something. This is amazing because, uh, I'm pretty sure earlier in the movie, after he rescued her, uh, Ruthie from... Uh, Adam Beach, they were like joking about him, right? They're like, ah, he's nothing, whatever. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. just crazy. And then later he's trying to fucking kill them and bury them. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, maybe we should pay attention to people when they're giving really obvious warning signs. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when Cowboy shows up and fucking shoots Randy a few times. And Bring then, the like, fucking back. Twirls his the... gun, puts it back in his holster, and Randy yeah. falls into the grave he had fucking John build or dig. Pretty cool moment. Yeah. I like Cowboy Sean Bean. Um, yeah, he's weird. He deserves his own movie. Because he's yeah. from a different movie. He's clearly. from he's from Mulholland Drive. Like, yeah, he's right out exactly. of a David Lynch movie. That's the Lynch whole thing movie. I kept thinking, that this movie was like someone's attempt to make a David Lynch movie without, I don't know, uh, yeah. doing that, doing that yeah. thing. It gave me strong, like, Lynch vibes, but like... Not because it was doing if, it right, because it was it's doing like it a, wrong. It felt like... It's like a Lynch meets the Coens meets something else. Christmas Story? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Like, it just, I don't know. It feels like it's more, like, tonally, it's half the Sandlot and half uh, <sighs> Inland Empire. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a... What a match made in hell. Jesus... <laughs> Um. So, so then, I, yeah, let's go. Cowboy is like, we, we cool. Go. I have eighteen more suitcases for you to deliver. Cowboy, so <laughs> we should try. Uh, Sean, yeah, it's like a whole truckload of them. I think we haven't done Sean Bean justice, though. We should say when he shows up on screen, like he looks like he drinks souls, right? Like, yeah, he oh, looks for sure. crazy. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, a guy dressed up like a cowboy. He's a guy dressed up from a cowboy from 2099 in space, <laughs> right? Like, he's just, yeah, I don't know. His eyes are glowing. Like, he looks like he's been on the spice. He's, yeah. I don't know. He just, he looks, it's very odd. It's very strange. <laughs> it's um, amazing. Kind of. So, so, yeah, so he rolls up. I think they drive back to the hotel and he, he's like, oh, I have, there's 18 of these in their fucking room, uh, so deliver them to this address. And John Paver's like, all right, sure. And he, like, goes and loads them up in the truck, and I think uh, Elron and Dan come out. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, what are you doing? You don't need to do this. And he's like, yeah, I do. I do need to do this. I do so, need to do it. I do need to do it. It's just it's a job. <laughs> does he, though? What? I said, does he, though? Mm. I don't know. He doesn't. Of course not. I mean, like, $28,000 oh, is... The sta- like, yeah, but money, that's just but not th- that much. It's just weird to me that the stakes never change from that, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. Like, they never get raised mm-hmm. in any way. That, <laughs> right. Like, the emotional, like, stakes don't really ever change. Yeah, he doesn't go not. through any metamorphosis of his own goal or... It's, it's, there isn't really danger, anything... Yeah, really? nothing to really challenge him. The... The thing that his goal is never puts him in active danger. It's just the other stuff that happens that he's decided to do when he gets there. Like the Randy situation and all that. Like, that's not part of Cowboy's thing. Yeah. Cowboy just wanted him to put some boxes on uh, the floor of the desert Mm. and get abducted by aliens. Right. Which he could have just said no to. (laughs) So... He puts the things in the truck and he drives out to meet Indian Bob. Yeah, that's uh, Mr. Farmer. Yeah, and when he gets there, also a character uh, that should have his own movie. Yeah. After yeah. like he made an impression after like four seconds, and you're like, oh man, right? He could have been in this more. He yeah, he was great. He was in he it was like cool. in the he was in the bar like way earlier, right? He like shows up. I have no idea. He was silently sitting in the bar, I think. That makes sense. I dig that. And then he, like, leaves and he comes back at the end of the movie. Yeah, he comes back at the end to tell John to lay all the briefcases out in a circle around this empty, in the the big empty. Ten, Ten paces apart. Right. And then he stands in the middle. And then at that point... He takes John's truck and says, sorry, I don't want to do this anymore. You're out here on your own. And John's like, don't leave me out here. And at that moment, that's when uh, Cowboy comes back with a bigger truck. It's a bus, right? It's a big bus or something. It's and a bus. It's got like Norwegian with... metal playing. Yeah. And then parks it and a bunch of fucking robed neophytes come out. <laughs> Of the bus and stand around the circle briefcases, and one of them is the underage girl that John has fucked. <laughs> and uh, and, and she's then this like, is where it loses me. I don't know what happens here. So that uh, they're just like, um, can I just say really quick? Strangely yeah. enough, this is the part where I stopped paying attention. The very end. <laughs> the part I'm just like, I don't. I don't really care about this, and I just, like, don't remember how any of this transpired. Uh, he puts, he opens up the bowling, or they're just like, uh, Cowboy opens the bowling bag, and it's a pair of bowling shoes and not a head of Neely. Uh, they're like, put these on to, like, come with us on the journey, and instead of putting it on, uh, putting them on, he gives them to uh, Ruthie. He gives them to Josie and the Pussycats. Okay. Um, so then he doesn't go... Uh, he blacks out, right? He blacks out. The cowboy shoots a flare into the air and like an alien come and gets them. And he um, wakes up. John wakes up. 
and everyone's gone. And all the briefcases are open except for his. Yeah. Which he so can't he, open, I think. He can't open it. So he, like, gets back on the road and walks down the road. and uh, Or he walks, like, through the desert. It's like a long walk. Yeah. And, and then when... he meets up with Grace. Yeah. And they uh, kiss in a bowling alley later. Yeah. And then... He, uh, he 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 throws the bowling ball at the ball. But she's alley. got a key, right? Doesn't she have a? Yeah, she was given the, the key suitcase? to the to the thing, and I think uh, the money is inside, right? Yeah. Like he's just oh he's he did it. Like what yeah, was yeah. his danger? It was literally mm-hmm. like, do you want to come to space with us? And if he said <laughs> no, he would have gotten his money, and like that was yeah. the entire story, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a weird movie. Like, if not, he would have gone. If he said yes, he would have gone to space and like been a space guy. But if not, he just he w- they delivered on the promise that they said in the beginning, and that was it. No harm he, was come to him. If he said yes, he would have gone to space and actually lived out of the events of Zathora. Mm, yes, which mm. he directed a few years later. Instead of living it, he directed it because he knew he was sad that he didn't say yes. Oh, the uh, yeah. The uh, the desert he's walking through is like one hundred and fifty thousand percent the opening of Iron Man, right? Oh <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like a million and fifty percent. He's just like, oh, I know exactly where we could the use same. what we could use for Afghanistan or whatever. <laughs> Let's just go. Funny. I've been there before. Let's go. It's some guys. It's it's in California. I knew they. I know they shot that in California. So yeah. Can you imagine John Favreau? on set of iron man going y'all seen the big empty (laughs) well he i'm pretty sure so it's been probably like a decade since i've listened to the iron man commentary but i'm almost positive he mentioned something where he's like yeah i was shooting a movie here and that's how i knew about these deserts or whatever no No i never really gave a shit about what movie he was making (laughs) oh my god i'm pretty sure i i learned today (laughs) wow if there's anything that happened that that comes of the, watching this film and doing this podcast is <laughs> that fact being yeah. in your brain forever. It's a question I never really asked because I didn't remember it until watching this movie. And I'm like, oh, that looks like Iron Man. And I'm like, wait, wait, Hello. this probably the memory's is. fucked up like that. You know, you'll sit yeah. there and you'll be like, I can't remember anything about like the like the last 20 years of my life. The human and then, condition. And then a fact will just pop into your head and be like, why did that? come in now <laughs> right ridiculous yeah. uh so then they're bowling and then he throws the bowling ball and it, it it like cuts the bowling ball is not on the bowling alley anymore it's in the desert well first they're... that was cool i like that yeah that was actually kind of neat no but first yeah. <laughs> grace's eyes got all melange yes then... oh i completely S- forgot to mention and... the melange eyes yeah and then so did his right before he rolled the ball his eyes got all blue what does it mean? I I truly have no clue. Cause, I don't know. Because um, didn't someone uh uh didn't Neely have blue eyes in the beginning? And then I think so. I think yeah. I think so. And then um, didn't Ruthie get eyes at one point? And then I think so. Though and I then don't... Grace and uh john got eyes yeah i think the the eyes just mean they went they were near space people <laughs> well what's the thing with the band-aid and the in the neck oh because it also like implies that um 
the FBI, uh, Kelsey Grammer was also Alien Man, or yeah. right, knew an Alien Man because they had the same okay uh, band aid. Yeah, because he was he interrogated John after before they go bowling at the end. Yeah, and John is like, "Hey, I, I saw some alien shit," and the FBI's like, "Nah, you didn't." Probably. No, he's like, "That's some good acting." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, "I'm not lying." He's like, "I know you're not. Where are you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's the end. It's like, oh, they had an alien contact, close encounter. That w- that and that was the movie. Is there any goo in it? I believe no. I don't. No. I don't remember any. I don't goo. think so. There was uh, Jack Daniels and whipped cream. There was. That'd be a little gooey if you mix them together. Yeah, probably know. probably sticky. They didn't get to wash their hands. They were out in the desert. Yeah. A lot of cum talk. They talk about Vaseline. And yeah, uh, and lube, and jism, and jism. <laughs> Not visual. We don't see no. it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give this a big fat zero of a goo grade. Yeah. yeah. Sad. Sad. You know b- these movies gotta step it up. Um, out of five references to his masturbation techniques out of five <laughs> guardians of the galaxy references <laughs> to this movie um i'm gonna give this movie a two and a half i think yeah two and a half uh, i think a two is fair i think two is fair all right I'm gonna say I'll say two and a half as well. Cool, uh, Roxy. What's your favorite scene? Um, if if you could see me right now, my my hands are on my temples, like I'm focusing, trying to picture <laughs> my favorite scene of this fucking flick. Uh, oh man, I don't know. My favorite scene is. Randy with the chainsaw. Okay. Reminded me of Trailer Rock Boys a little bit. Nice. <laughs> Randy! That is basically a trailer park scene. They pull up into a junkyard and someone's got their <laughs> girlfriend chained into a car with a chainsaw trying to open a suitcase. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And trailer Park Boys could use that setup quite well. It'd probably go away much more entertaining in different direction than this. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd venture to say so. Uh, uh, Dan, go ahead. I don't know. Um, favorite scene? I guess it's got to be when Cowboy makes his debut, mm-hmm. and like you can see him. Uh, <laughs> oh, we, we didn't one. talk about when Sean Bean his neck got all CG for two seconds. I think that was my favorite know. scene. I don't know you don't if I actually that? remember that. No. I think it's like right after or right before he shoots the flare and like John Favreau looks at him and he like he has a line and his neck gets all like I don't know. CG. Alien-y? Yeah, it's weird. It's like a weird effect cuz nothing he gets like veinier or something. Mm. It wasn't really clear like what was happening, but I, f- I 
I feel like something was. Okay. I'll say that one. That's my favorite scene. Cool. Um, uh, my favorite scene is, um, I guess when, uh, whenever the clerk, the proprietor of the motel would like barge into his room in the morning. The hotel room? Yeah. He would just like give him coffee. (laughs) He'd be like, Hey buddy, good morning. It's room service. It's like, shut the fuck up. I don't know. I I don't really have a favorite scene. <laughs> well, you know that's that's it. You can't. You got to pick one. So I guess it. the chainsaw scene. I guess. Oh no! I like the shot where he bowls and then it cuts to the desert and the bowling balls go into the desert. <laughs> uh, if you have Hello? any questions, comments, or concerns, just email us at it came from a basement at gmail dot com. Uh, it came from a basement.com is your hub for all things ICFAB. Follow us on Twitter at basementcast. Join our Discord server uh, and donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash it came from a basement. We've recently updated the tiers. Uh, $2 gets you access, $2 a month gives you access to all of our audio bonus content. Uh, $5 a month gets you the ability to request episodes of our bonus uh content uh and that's basically it please uh give us a rating on apple podcasts please rate and review it goes a long way to the growth of our show we're available on google Podcasts, spotify stitcher etc 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 um, I would like to thank Nick Vittori for our artwork and Mike Wood for our theme song. Uh, next week, we're watching Borderline, a 2002, I believe, TV movie directed by Evelyn Purcell. You can rent it on Google's iTunes and Google. Uh All right. Uh, remember, friends. Dwell well.